Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Scott. This is Coffee and Books. On today's episode, we crack open with therapy. This isn't your normal Freudian psychology. All right, folks, I know that all of you are excited that I got two episodes back to back right away. This book is fabulous. It's 412 pages long. It is called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. Lori Gottlieb is a therapist who basically decides that she herself needs therapy in order to help her patients better and her own life. In the story, we learn quickly about how she has trouble connecting with other people. Her boyfriend slash fiance, after so many years, is leaving her. How she's devastated when a book contract goes overdue. And most importantly, learn how she is failing to grasp how therapists deal with their patients. In this book, it opens into an inside world of therapy and what it means to be a therapist. I will be the first to tell you that therapy is a really good thing that helps us come to terms with ourselves better. And, of course, that age-old importance in psychology, it helps us understand who we are and how we can learn. Therapy is not a crutch. It is a tool that we can use to analyze ourselves and get better. And that's what makes this book so interesting. We have the therapist's opinion about what it means to be a therapist. I've never fully contemplated the idea that in therapy, a therapist is actually going through their own life crises. But it makes complete sense now that I think about it. They're human beings too. They have their own problems to deal with. What if they had just their, you know, their own problems to deal with, a parent dying, a couple breaking up. There's all sorts of issues that could affect your therapist as well as you. But what's most interesting, I guess, about this book is that it just... It captures you in a way. You get to learn about the patients that, of course, their names are not real. And you learn about the therapist's therapist, Lori's therapist, I should say, Wendell. You learn about how he is actually under a different name as well. But all the names of the people are based on real situations in life. And so there's three, actually four major uh, plot points that I want to go over in this book. So each... um, Besides the therapist and her resolving her issues, each patient she deals with that she brings to the story has their own unique history, trauma, past, depression, something that's causing their lives to be making them go to therapy. So first we have John. You know, John is a you know, successful Emmy Award winning uh, writer, uh, produces television shows, you know, hit television shows, I might add but has the problem of understanding pain and relationships. And we slowly learn how John is an asshole. Actually, that's the first thing you kind of notice about him off the bat. He is rude to everyone, including Lori. He honestly is very problematic in a lot of ways when you first meet him. But you slowly begin to unpeel the layers of the onion of his story. With John's story, it starts out as, I'm being an asshole because I don't want to get close to you. And then you start to realize why he doesn't want to get close. And as the bombshell was eventually revealed that he had a child die, his mom died when he was young, he doesn't want to be close to other people because he thinks it's not okay for him to be close. You know, to love is pain sometimes. You know, it makes you vulnerable to pain. You know, we accidentally sometimes hurt people we love. And John is one of those people. He does not mean to be, you know, an asshole, but in the storyline, of course, he's an asshole so he can push people away so that they don't like him and that he won't hurt them and they won't hurt him. But over time, we begin to see that 
he rescues his marriage, which is on the rocks. He begins to love again. He has children that he grows closer to. And, you know, he realizes how lucky he is in the end to have such a happy life. And, of course, it's one of those therapeutic moments when you see therapy is working. And we're very excited that this person who started as such a jerk was central to the plot of the story. But I like most about it is that John is this guy who you can relate to in a sense of like, I'm mean to other people so they won't be close to me. And in the end, he realizes that he has to move past that. Our plot point number two is a story of Rita. Rita is an interesting case as in she is 70 years old or about to be 70, and is severely depressed. She doesn't have any friends. She's not close to her children anymore. She begins to think that there's nothing worth living for in life. And so she comes to therapy with the idea of, I'm going to give this one year, and if this doesn't make me better, she said she's going to contemplate suicide. And as a result in the therapy, we begin to see why she's so hard on herself. With Rita's personal circumstance, we see that uh, she has kids and that those kids aren't close to her, and we want to know why. And at first, it's slowly revealed over time, but we kind of get the picture that the reason why she is so hard on herself is because she's judging herself for her past action. She was in an abusive marriage, and the first husband was, of course, an alcoholic who basically beat her and her kids. But faced with the choice of being an older generation, she didn't have exactly a lot of options. You know, in today's society, it's a little bit different, but back then, you know, she felt like that others would judge her. She tried to cover it up. She tried her best to keep the marriage together for as long as possible. And in the end, it made her kids resent her, resent her for the fact that she lied or she held on to the fact that she thought she could make the marriage work even though it was clearly not working. And so we see Rita is struggling with this idea of, how can I be happy when I did this terrible thing? I let my kids be abused you know, physically by my husband for years. How can I let them love me? How can I let anyone love me? I'm a monster, blah, blah, blah. But we get to the idea, which is incredible to me, that she is denying happiness when she meets a new love interest in her life. She begins to work on her art more. And yet she still feels clouded by the judgment. She doesn't want to talk to people. She doesn't want to make friends. But by the end of the book, you see all the effects that it's been having on her. You see that, okay, well, your art is helping you grow as a person. And that art led you to meet the neighbors down the hall with the family. And then you have all of a sudden people to talk to and kids to spoil like they're your own grandkids. And then, of course, you know, the love interest, you know, he has his own problems, too. And he's interested in moving forward, you know, with their relationship. And you begin to see that Rita, who was so quick to judge herself, actually has many friends by the end of the book. And then, surprise, her daughter actually comes into the story and decides, hey, I want to be potentially part of your life one day. But we are all in therapy and the kids are working it out, too, just like her. Okay, so that's Rita. Uh, number three is Charlotte. Charlotte is an interesting case as she is a younger millennial uh, who is uh, 25 at the time of the writing of this book, which is about a year old. And, of course, her major problem is alcoholism. Um, in her life, uh, there's different triggers that cause someone to be an alcoholic, but with her, she struggled with uh, her parents who were in and out of her life, and she had to grow and be an adult at a really, really young age. And as a result, now that she's in her 20s and she's in college, she still thinks that it's normal to be 
promiscuous and to drink a lot and it's okay, but then she realizes she needs to cut down on her drinking and her bad habits where she's hooking up with random strangers and she's trying to build a meaningful life and a meaningful relationship for the first time ever. And so you learn from her life slowly, you know, the pieces, what she can do to picture it and get together. And you slowly see that she meets people in therapy you know, there are some people that she meets that are not good for her, and there are some people that will eventually lead her down the path of, you know, what can make her better. So, my point being is that as she continues therapy, you see the progress that's being made, that she's touching alcohol less, and that Charlotte eventually grows to be a better person. So, we like that, you know, I want that person to succeed, but I honestly felt like Charlotte was the least likely person to succeed in all the stories and success. It's too easy for her to relapse. Um, her father was in and out of her life and at the time of her therapy, and that trigger caused her to drink again periodically. So hopefully she gets the help she deserves and gets better. Okay. And then, of course, we have, uh, you know, uh, sorry, I'm drawing a blank on this person's name. Let me go get that. Julie, there we go. Julie is a cancer patient who is a young newlywed who finds out that she has cancer on her honeymoon and that this was not the life that she had in store. But you begin to see that happiness is something that happens sometimes. And with Julie, she decides to make the most out of her time in therapy, but also decides that, you know, it's not just going to be, a, you know, a pity party. She wants to live life to the fullest while she still has that life left. And then she, of course, plans her own funeral. She does all sorts of things that are quirky uh, to me, but I think it makes sense in her life situation. You know, with her being sick and not feeling well, you know, she prolonged as long as possible, you know, what to do about it. And then, of course, it turns out that she followed her dream, which was strange to me that this is actually someone's dream, but she wanted to work at Trader Joe's. And then, of course, she gets the job and she interacts with the customers more and leads a, a very happy life for as long as she can. And then, of course, the day comes where she unfortunately passes away. But you begin to see how this person was comforted by being in therapy and how her husband was comforted and how she helped all the people who were suffering a loss around her, how they all managed to be better off with her helping them understand in the long run as well. So we have all these people that Lori sees, and then we come to the reason why Lori is in therapy. And the reason why Lori is in therapy is because there's a lot of things that are going on in her life at the moment. The first is a sudden breakup of her fiancé. The fiancé, all of a sudden, after years of dating, decides, I don't want to be with you anymore because you have a kid, and I don't want to be with someone who has a kid. I want my freedom to be an adult. And this is sort of really shocking. Like, I never could picture someone who would have the heart to say that. But when you read about the circumstances and the signs that were there, you clearly see that Lori and this ex-fiancé of hers were clearly lying to themselves and holding up for as long as possible that something would change in their lives. But when the day comes when her fiancé decides to break up with her, that's it. And she has, her world comes crashing down, and she has to learn how to deal with this. But of course, this is not the only reason she's in therapy. We learn the true reasons, which are that she actually uh, has a book contract. And of course, in the book contract, 
She can't seem to, because of the depression that she is suffering from, can't seem to write a book about being happy or about a book about parenting or about any of the things that normally therapists write about. And at the end of the day, what ends up happening is that she, of course, uh, decides that she's going to go to therapy. She's going to get a referral for herself, but doesn't tell anyone. Sorry, my cat was on the table. And then she meets the therapist, and the therapist helps her grow as a human being. And in the end, we see the progress that she makes as well. And that's what I like about this book, that therapy is a journey, and that the person is a guide. They're not the answer. They're the guide to help you see the answer. And that it's you, the person, who has to come to this conclusion to get help, to want to be better. Because there's all different reasons why people go to therapy. Anyway... I just want to say it was a very, very quick read as well. It's about 412 pages long, so you can finish that book, and I would say about a week. Um, it's reviewed by Katie Couric, so if you're a Katie Couric fan, a news anchor, um, she definitely has some opinions about this piece as well. And I think if more people were open and talked about therapy more and mental illness more and depression more, there would be a different way we view people in counseling and therapy. And I just want to say that to summarize everything in this book, this book can best be summarized as, you know, it's good to talk to someone. It's good to get things off your chest because keeping things bottled inside for you is not the answer. So at the end of the day, I really appreciated it. I really appreciated where this book was coming from. It was not my first topic choice, but I definitely think that it was a popular best-selling book and it grabbed my attention throughout and I give it a four out of five. So thanks for listening to my podcast, Coffee and Books. Of course, if you like this podcast, please be sure to share and to talk about it with your friends, to invite other people. We're joining, we're growing. Um, everyone, I have an exciting announcement that we're over a thousand views now. Uh, so that's pretty cool. We're gaining steam and we're picking up uh, stuff along the way and I'm very excited that all of you get to be on this journey with me so please remember once again if you want to get a hold of me to ask me to read any particular book you can it's Scott S-C-O-T-T Bernstein B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N 16 at yahoo.com and of course if you want to talk to me about anything you can I'm here I'm open I am someone you can talk to all right, everyone, have a great day, and thanks again for sharing and reviewing.